The following podcast is taken from a live broadcast on Inspire FM. Good morning and assalamu alaikum. You're tuned into Inspire FM 105.1 FM. It's Friday 6th of September and the time is 10 o'clock. Welcome to Mother's Planet, a show where there is always something to talk about in a positive and productive way to us hardworking mothers. I'm your host Neelam and joining me in the studio today I have... Um, I have two of my children, so I have my eldest and I have my youngest, so I I shall soon turn their mics on and let them introduce themselves. Um, I feel like the summer has been just too fast. Um, I I hope you all enjoyed yourselves and I hope that we were able to... um, really make um, every uh, family moment a special moment. Um, We were quite blessed with really good weather. And so towards the last few weeks of the summer holidays, um, I know it started heating up and um, the sun was out and we could uh, enjoy it. So um, I know that we had uh, a very fantastic holiday as a family. Um, I I could probably do a whole show about my holiday, so I'm not going to go on about it today. Um, So on mic number two, I have my youngest. Hello. Hello. What's your name? Mustafa. And how old are you? Four. And on mic number three I have? Sarah. And Sarah, how old are you? I'm 12. Okay, so the reason I have uh, Mustafa uh, with me today, because Mustafa is going to be embracing uh, a very... um, big journey on Monday so um, I will get him to explain a little bit about that in a a short while. Um, uh, Listeners we are live on air and we are reaching out to all our listeners in Luton and surrounding areas. We are also live on the Inspire FM webpage through TuneIn and we are live on the Facebook camera which is just on myself today Uh, but you can join in the discussion by texting into the studio on 0779-481-822. To kickstart the show off I have selected a few headlines which I will just quickly whiz through because I've got as you know um, uh, I have got um, an eager beaga sitting um, on the um, uh, on the chair today, so I don't know how much I'm going to be able to do without him wanting to get involved. Uh, so these have been taken from the BBC Online News. Uh, the first headline is: Vegans and vegetarians may have higher risk of strokes. So research uh, done by the British Medical Journal, which is also known as the BMJ, looked at 48,000 people over 18 years and found that they had fewer cases of heart disease, but an increased chance of a stroke compared to those who eat meat. The researchers suggested this could be linked to low vitamin B12 levels, but said that more studies needed to be done to investigate what the connection was. Diet experts have advised people it's always best to have a wide range of foods as this was best for their health. 
And the second headline, left-handed DNA found, as uh, and it changes the brain structure. So scientists have found that the first genetic instructions hardwired into human DNA that are linked into being left-handed. So the instructions also seem to be heavily involved in the structure and function of the brain, particularly the parts involved in language. So the team at Oxford University say left-handed people may actually have better verbal skills as a result. So that's interesting to know because I'm very strongly right-handed. Um, a while back in the summer, um, I, th I strained my thumb, which is, um, uh, I don't know how people do that, but um, I, I blame uh, overcooking. That's what I like to blame. It was it was cooking uh, and not the text messages. But um, I managed to strain my thumb and it was my right hand. And um, I was actually unable to do a lot of basic things, which was like holding a spoon or cutting um, fruit salad or cutting anything with a knife. So I realized how dominantly right-handed I am when I had to try and wake my left hand up and say it's time for you to do a bit of work so um, uh, it'd be quite good to know if um, uh, how, how what handed you are listeners um, are, are, we, are we is there any left-handed listeners out there um, are, do you find that you are um, better at verbal uh, skills than um, your right-handed family members so do get in touch as I said the show is live it's uh, 0779481 now, many parents this week um, have been parting from their precious children and bidding them farewell as they either start school for the first time or are entering the next stage of their academic life. Uh, we have the royals um, who had Princess Charlotte join her brother, Prince George, in starting school for the first time. So the Duke and the Duchess accompanied their daughter to her classroom before bidding her goodbye and saying their goodbyes. Um, so today's show, um, I'm actually reaching out to parents across Luton who have also um, embraced this journey this week. Um, I know there were a lot of um, WhatsApp jokes going around where there were, um, it was like a marathon race and underneath it said um, parents on the first day of school. So I know that there must have been some parents that were a bit relieved um, so that they could get their house back. But I know, um, like myself, there's also some parents that are probably finding this quite an emotional journey um, because as my son introduced himself today um, he's going to be starting school for the first time next week and being my youngest I do feel like I'm going to be a bit lost without him so um do get in touch with me and the studio. Um, how has this week been? Um, did you have? Was it an emotional journey or was it a sigh of relief? Um, how how did you find the journey? Um, was was your child easy to go into child school or did you have to force your child awake? How how did you get on this week? So I'm I'm reaching out to you, mums and dads out there, or parents or grandparents, whoever does the school run. How did the first week go so far? So now I'm going to put. The the mic back on to Mustafa and Sarah who are going to help me get through my questions so Mustafa where are you going on Monday to school to school and and what color class are you going to be in blue class blue class and what are you looking forward to the garden and the playground the garden and the playing room so what's your favorite thing that you like playing with like playing things and the garden. What do you like playing with? The garden. The garden. And are you excited? 
people can't uh, people uh, that are listening in can't see what you're saying so you have to speak are you excited yes you are excited and are you going to get up early for mummy yes you're going to get up early and are you looking forward to having the school dinners yes you are what's your favorite food like Chicken and bulgur and... Chicken and bulgur. And what else do you like? Some cucumbers. Cucumbers. So I'm pretty sure the school will provide uh, chicken and cucumbers. Uh, the bulgur, I think mummy's the expert there. I'm not quite sure school will be able to provide that to you. Um, and Mustafa, have you got brothers and sisters in school? Yes. Yes, you have your sister in school, don't you? Yes. Who are you excited about seeing? Talk to the microphone, darling. Amina. You're excited about seeing Amina. So Amina's just the year above you. So you're going to see her and you're going to... Are you going to be nice to each other? You have to speak. Are you going to be nice to each other? Yes. Yes. Are you going to play nicely? Yes. Yes. Okay. So I have some questions here and these questions that I have... Um, are questions that are running through a lot of parents' minds about how um, they can help their um, child when it comes to um, starting school. So we first have... Um, I don't know why your mic's not come on, Sarah, but if you speak, let me check if it's come on. Say something. Okay. <laughs> yes, I can hear you, so we're okay. We're on. So the first question uh, I think a lot of parents um, are concerned about or worried about when it comes to school is um, how do you deal with an emotional child? So you have a child who has had a fantastic summer that's been really happy spending time with family and then all of a sudden is now... Um, back to school where they're going to have a few hours away from their parents and it's going to be difficult as to how they are going to cope with their day. So you have a child that could be emotionally upset about this or emotionally unstable about this so <laughs> how do you deal with this and what can we as parents do to make this um, an encouraging moment for children. So um, I did have a child and I do have a child who is going into school um, and when she started reception, she was not happy at all. She would go in um, very upset um, and um, she was finding it quite difficult to cope with the day. So what I had done um, was actually organise a uh, reward chart for her at home. And um, in doing so, um, I was able to give her a sticker for every day that she went into school with a happy face and not crying. So I, I, I told her I'd come home and I'm going to put a smiley face and if she was able to in the week out the five days achieve um, four days or three I think I started off with three and then progressed it to four uh, smiley days at the weekend she could pick something that we as a family could do so it could be going to the park it could be playing some play-doh or anything but it was entirely up to her where she had um, an hour to herself to do whatever it was that she wanted to do so that seemed to have worked but um, I did find once I spoke to the teacher um, and I do advise that to a lot of parents that speak to your teacher and um, your child's teacher and do get them on board because um, 
sometimes it's an issue that um, you think it's just because they're nervous about it being a long day. But I actually found that my daughter didn't like the school dinners because she didn't actually know what the meals were going to be. And she needed to know in advance so she could prep her mind and her tummy for it. So um, uh, after speaking to the teachers, I was able to get... um, a little timetable that gave a structure of what the school meals were going to be like and I could then prep her every morning to say okay today is this on the menu if you don't like that there was always jacket potatoes as a backup so she was always able to pick jacket potatoes so I do advise that you talk to your child and ask if it's actually something as small as that where they're not enjoying their lunch meals or it's the unknown of the day because um that was the other part she didn't actually know what was going to happen after registration and what was going to happen after playtime and uh, I know um, I'm dead against routines and dead against setting children up for at this time this is going to happen and that time that's going to happen but for some children it really works and she was one of them and so um, I was able to get um a school timetable where I was just able to give her a vague idea of what the structure of the day was going to be like. So um, again, after speaking to the teacher and explaining to her that it's becoming quite difficult um, to cope with her at night time because she would get into a panic mode about how the next day of school was going to be the teacher was able to uh, provide me with a a rough guide of what the day was going to be like and I did reinforce that that each day is different you know it may be this but you were definitely going to have lunch and you were definitely going to have playtime so they were the things that weren't going to change but um, other subjects may change or swap for other days so that's kept her aboard and um, that's helped her quite a bit so um, I think uh, helping your child from an an emotional perspective it's quite um the advice that I can offer there is to uh, really speak positive about school um, and um, when they come home with things from school um, share it with them i.e. reading books spelling sheets any coloring or anything that they've done um my kitchen wall is actually um, an art wall now because I have all their pictures plastered all over the wall. Um, but it's showing them that what they are doing is actually being appreciated. So it's all about positive talk there. So um, how do you prepare your child for school? So this is something um, I wanted Sarah to um, get involved in here because uh, Sarah is now 12 years old and um, she has gone through uh, school life um, up uh, from, from nursery up to primary. So Sarah, how um, what advice could you offer a child that's, say, going to enter uh, Key Stage 2 or um, going to enter Year 6? Um, how did you prepare yourself for school? Uh, I think the first thing is you shouldn't worry because sometimes it's just easier to get used to your class, know the people around you and start like that. Also, um, the parent needs to kind of join in as well. So the parent can't tell the child, I'm going to miss you because as soon as the child goes to school, they're going to feel, the child's going to feel like, oh my gosh, then my mum's going to miss me. I'm going to miss my mum. So it really puts the child under pressure there. So, okay, that's a good advice as well. So, um, as parents, we cannot emotionally blackmail our children about um, sending them off to school. We have to be positive and we are happy that they are embracing this journey. So, we need to show positivity around the whole aspect of going to school. So, in terms of being organized, um, that's a, a tip that I can give. Um, 
you have to tell your child to be organized because uh, they are going to wake up in the morning. They have a uniform that they need to wear. They have a school bag with um, contents that they need to take to school on a daily basis. So it's their duty to be organized and to remember those things. Um, so I think uh, the younger children, it's always uh, parents will always be um in the background helping them get to that stage but when I, I become a bit hardcore when the child hits year five and six because I keep saying that you are an independent child now you are able to make these decisions yourself and choices yourself so you are now preparing yourself to be organized and it doesn't really require mummy to be in the background to know that you're reading books in your bag or your library books ready to be returned so you must um encourage your children to be self-organized and um, do it that way. Um, also, um, it's important to tell children that if something does not make sense in class, don't remain silent. Um, I think that's one of the key advices I can give to you to give to your child, uh, because um, a lot of children think, oh, everyone's just understood that piece of activity or task and I've not um, understood this and I'm actually too embarrassed to um, put my hand up and say so I think it's very important that we encourage our children that you might be, be the voice of many children um, so if you don't speak up to say I don't understand this those children that also don't understand it will just stay silent as well so it's important that the child um asks the teacher either before break or even in the lesson I didn't understand that activity and can I get some more support on that and it may be a case where the teacher offers um, support then and there or provides a child with some more sheets that they can get on with at home and that's when we can get engaged with our child and make sure that we're encouraging them to not feel lost in their class um, and the the final thing that I can always um, and I will advise to parents is um, bullying. Now bullying um, as the years are progressing I'm, I'm getting totally surprised at how soon bullying starts and it's very 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 important that you speak to your child if anybody in the class is upsetting them be it the child or the teacher that is speaking to the child in a derogative way we must must let our children speak up and tell us or a safe adult at school that this is making me unhappy or this child is making me unhappy and it's very important and I think I can get Sarah to support me on how important um that is, I mean, Sarah, you know, it, it, as a child that's gone through schooling, um, did you did you find that it's very important? How uh, how did you find it? You know, bullying was always there. So when I start, first started year five, I was getting bullied by this girl. And as I started to speak to her, we kind of um, and it just turned out that it was a uh, just she didn't she didn't know how I was as a person. She just didn't know who I was. And she was a bit cautious. Mm. And that was the only reason she was bullying me. And then later on, when I was in year six, we were actually best friends. So sometimes it's easier to talk to the person, see what's wrong, and if there's a reason behind what they're doing. Yes, that's lovely advice there. And it's so important that we encourage our children to not um, get 
worried by the bully and think that that's it, you know, where it, they don't want to go into school or they're feeling um, that that person's more superior to them. And in, I think in the end that you found it because you had come from a different school to um, that school in particular. And this girl in particular in her class was very popular and a lot of people were uh, sort of giving you attention and it was her that's not liking that attention. So once um, Sarah had nipped that in the bud, she was actually... Um, Yes, ironically, her best friend in year six. So it's very, very important that you explain to your child what bullying is. And, you know, sometimes we think, oh, we have to avoid our child being bullied. But we also have to say to our child, don't be the bully, because it's very important that our child understands that everyone has learning capabilities, understandings, in a different way. Every child is individual. So they must not make themselves seem superior so that in doing so, they're actually making another child feel like they are less worthy. So it's important as well as being bullied, not to be the bully as well. So um, how do we remain consistent with sleeping and waking? So um, this is one of the things um, I think I struggled with um, as the summer holidays approached because sleeping and consistency was out of the window. Um, I think my children chose to go to sleep when they wanted to go to sleep and um, I was finding it very difficult to uh, stop them from doing that as well. So um, I did uh, succumb to them and let them rule me on that. But I'm back on the ball game now and school started and routines kicked in so we are getting up early and going to bed early um my advice there would be to remain consistent so it's important that if you are getting your child to go to bed by eight o'clock every day you whatever comes rain sunshine you stick to that time and you get them up at the time and I think the up the earlier they get up the more likely they are to actually go to sleep early because they are so tired so and it's uh, important that we continue this on the weekends because uh, what does tend to happen is you think oh it's Friday night or it's Saturday night they can they can have an extra hour and then before you know it you've lost that routine so I think it's really important that we stick to the routine that we have through the week week on the weekdays as well and it's important of cons being consistent and um, reinforcing learning uh, from school at home as well so if your child has learned a new concept at school they are doing the same when it comes to at home or it's being reinforced at home I have a very patient Mustafa who is really sat so well for me um, Mustafa when it comes to the weekends, what do you like to do? Like to Talk to the microphone, darling. To play with some cars. You like to play with cars. So is cars your favourite thing? Yes. And do you like going anywhere on the weekend? Yes. Where do you like going? I like to some parks, to some places, to some hotels. <laughs> <laughs> parks and hotels so you can see he's been on holiday because he's still in the holiday mode of going to the hotels um but we like going to the park and what games do you like playing playing in the park you've got something that you like to ride on what do you ride on in the park my bike your bike and are you are you good at riding your bike yeah yes okay so mustafa yes. you are going to be starting school on monday and there are some children that might be listening today and they're going to be starting school as well next week. Um, do you think you can tell them something yeah. about um, how to be when they start school? What do they need to do? They need to be... Like, nice. 
They need to be nice, okay? And what else do they need to do? They need to be like good. They need to be nice and good, okay? And um, what uh, uniform have you got? What are you looking forward to wearing on Monday? What colours your What colours your uniform? Like red mm-hmm. and black and white. Oh, okay. Yes, okay. And what what part of your uniform do you like? Like the shirt. The shirt. You like wearing shirt. Why do you like wearing shirts? Because it's like more cooler. It makes you look more cooler it makes you look more cooler okay so it makes you feel smart does it so uniform's very important as well then because if you wear a uniform it makes you feel smart and cool so then you're going to have a really good day when you go to school are you excited then yeah yes okay thank you mustafa um and uh, we are going to be coming to a break but before i come to the break i just wanted to um Finish off with the last couple of questions that parents um, had running through their mind. Uh, listeners, we are live on air on 0777-9481-822. So that's the studio number to WhatsApp or text in. Uh, share your thoughts, share your views. Uh, what uh, concerns and questions did you have running through your minds? Um, what, how has the week been for you? How have you found taking your child into school? Was there any obstacles that you faced? Um, was your child um, prepared more than you anticipated or underprepared? Um, do share and um, let me know how you all got on. I'd be really keen to know how um, the mothers and fathers of Luton got on with um, getting their children to school. So the last question I have here is dealing with fussy eaters. So how can we make food more palatable so that our children actually enjoy food? Now, this is um, something that I think we will always struggle with as um, they hit each milestone in their life. Um, but I, I, my advice here is make food colourful. So give a varied f- uh, amount of food, make it of different colours um, and consistency. Uh, if it looks good it will be more appealing Um, we are now listeners heading for a short break um, and after the break I believe I will be joined by uh, Liz um, on a telephone call who will be talking about uh, phobe which the radio station has been uh, promoting all week um, and uh, we'll be finding out a bit more uh, about how we as a community can help them Um, I'll also be uh, sharing some lunchbox ideas and tips so um, there's that to look forward to Um, I hope the discussion has been um, of benefit it so far and that you have been able to take something positive for it so we will see you after the break inshallah assalamualaikum you're listening to an inspire fm podcast making available our popular programs from our daily broadcast on inspire fm Assalamualaikum, good morning and welcome back to Mother's Planet. Uh, it's Friday 6th of September and the time is 10.30am. I'm your host Neelam. Um, I did have uh, some lovely guests in the studio earlier, my children, uh, who were uh, experienced, talking about their experience of schooling. I had my youngest who's about to start school next week and he was just explaining the excitement that he has about starting school. Uh, although mummy has uh, a lot of reservations and um, feels quite insecure about 
about him going, but uh, inshallah, he should be fine. Uh, so the show has been about back to school. I've uh, been sharing tips and ideas to all our parents out there, uh, how we can make this a smooth and pleasant start for our children. Now, um, before the break, um, I did mention... Um, Uh, We were going to have a call come in from uh, FOBE, which is a charity that works with uh, disabled children and adults. Um, And the purpose of the organisation is to provide outings and uh, uh, activities for disabled children to enjoy. Um, So I believe we have Liz on the line. I don't know how to do this, though. I'm so lost with this. It's the green one. Oh, yes. Okay, I found it. Thank you. Thank you. I have not been here for a long time, so um, I'm still trying to get my uh, bearings. Um, I believe we have Liz on the line. Uh, Hello, Liz. Hello, Salaam How is everybody? Waalaikum Salaam. Um, everybody as well. I did have two little people in the studio with me, but uh, they, they've gone on a break now. I think it was a bit much for my son to sit through the studio and um, oh. carry on I was talking. very interested in your talk this morning about the children starting school yes. and going to school. Because as you know, that most of the children that we work with are disabled. Yes. And our mums become their child yes and they have a lot of problems and ways that they have to get their children ready for school very very early because of going on to transport Mm. and um, the time that they're on transport to get to school and our mums become the child yes because they have special lunches they have to make for their children because a lot of our children are allergic to certain foods and everything. So our mums have a really difficult job and it's hard for them to get their children off to school. Plus they've got other children that need to go into school as well, not only their disabled child. It was very, very interesting to see how the children work out and how they get to school and their all the time that their mums spend with them. I know. Which is what our mums do. But with our mums, they change into being their disabled child a lot of the time because they have so much to do for them before they can get to school. Yes, I know. There's a lot of preparation involved in that. And um, uh, Liz, I have been listening uh, to the show uh, through the week um, on and off while I've been doing the school run. And um, I've heard a little bit about um, FOBE. um, But some of the listeners today may be new to this also. Um, um, FOBE, does this stand for anything in particular? Is this a, a abbreviated for anything in particular so maybe the listen yes if it's abbreviated for friends of bright eyes friends of bright eyes okay and uh, so um what is i mean i know that you work with disabled children and adults and i know that you organize activities so how long has this uh, charity been um running for how long have you Our charity's been running for over 25 years now. Um, We're one of the longest-running charities in the town that work with disabled children and their families. But uh, we put an emphasis on our families because we include them in everything that we do. Yes, yes. And And most of the children that come to us have severe disabilities. When we first started, we... Well, it wasn't me, it was me. (laughs) I um, promised the then head of social services department that I wouldn't discriminate against any disabled child that came to us and I would take on the more severe child. And Mm. that's what we've done ever since we started. 
that's amazing because um I might be going a bit off topic, but um, when I was training as a teacher, um, there was a part of my study where I had to go into a setting um, where it was education was being delivered, but it wasn't actually um, uh, in a school. So I I chose a hospital and um, I I worked there for two weeks and um, there were some very severely terminally ill children and um, I couldn't do it emotionally. I just could not work with them because... I moved away from wanting to educate them to try and wanting to change their life. And I think it's, uh, you have to be a certain person. So I really admire you, Liz, because um, you're doing what you can to make their day a better day. And you're putting aside of, I've got to try and help them become better. Uh, You're not you're not doing any of that you're actually making and I and I really admire how you have embraced this and taken it on and you're not being uh, judgmental in any way as you say you've taken on a uh, varied um, uh, disabled children and adults it doesn't they're not from an extreme case to somebody that's not so disabled and it's fantastic and how do you emotionally do this well you you find that for me I don't see disability. Okay. I just yes. don't see it. Mm. I, I see a person. Yes. And yes. they all have, every child has something to give. Every child yes. and every adult that's got a disability, they have something to give you. Yes. Some of the children that come to us, they can't speak. Mm. They are in wheelchairs where they can't move very much. And their their disabilities are very severe. Mm. So for us, it's a hard hard job, but we get something out of that child. We bring that child out into into the center with everyone. Mm. If you touch their face, they'll smile at you. Mm. That's something you Mm. take away with you for the day that you've been working with them, Mm. is the smile on their face. Mm. I always say, if you go out of the center smiling yourself, you know you've had a good day, Mm. a very good day. Yes, and so, I mean, uh, what, what can we um, as, so what is needed now for Phobe to be um, even better and more uh, resourceful? What, what is the uh, next stage for Phobe? Well, what's happened to us is we work six days a week and there are no other groups in town that work as many days as we do. Mm. Our volunteers and our workers get one day off, which is um, mm. normally Friday. Mm. So... We work all over town. We're everywhere. Mm. We're at um, Dallow. We're at Beach Hill School. We're at Lady Zia Werner. We're at Barnfield at Farley Hill. We're in um, Chorland Lane, which is not good for us. We're we're travelling all over to work. Mm. And what we want to do is to open a purpose-built centre mm-hmm. where we're all together and we can work every day from that centre right. and that our parents know exactly where we are today, where their child is today. Instead of us picking up your child and saying, well, um, we'll be chill today and mm. that's where we are mm. and letting the parents know, we can then say, well, we're friends of Bright Eyes mm. today. Okay, so We're at our own centre mm. and we can, we can work 
better from there and we can offer more services to more families mm -hmm. which is our, in our intention we have a waiting list okay. of children to come to us right. simply because of the restrictions that are put on us in the buildings that we're in of mm -hmm. the amount of children we can have. If we've got our own purpose-built centre, mm -hmm. we could take on more of those children right. yes, and okay. give them a life outside of home yes. and help the parents. Yes. The respite care for the parents is very, very important yes. because they have other siblings at home mm. and it gives them a chance at the weekends and during the week to spend mm. time with them, mm. not just time with their disabled child. Mm. Mm. That's uh, So it's, um, have you actually got a base um, and um, how's that working? Uh, well, we've got three or four places that... Um, have been offered to us and that we're interested in okay. and we need to be working with them um, Borough council and other people to um, find the right place for us mm -hmm. but before we do that mm -hmm. we need to raise 100,000 pounds towards okay. the costs of building this building, building. Okay. so this weekend mm -hmm. 20 brave and wonderful guys mm -hmm. from our center mm -hmm. they're doing the three peaks challenge yes. and they're climbing ben nevis first mm. then they go on to scarfield pike and from there they go on to climbing snowden mm. and it all has to be done within 24 hours yes. so you can imagine it's going to be really hard for them yes. and may allah bless them That's for the amazing. work that they're yes. doing and yes. help them to do this challenge for us. I mean, yes. Um, uh, I think um, Tarek had an extended show this morning where he actually managed to speak to some of um, uh, the... Um the boys that are going up and um, they, they all seem geared up and very positive about this all and I, I, I don't think I can even manage um, walking up Farley Hill or something. So <laughs> I'm not quite sure. I'm, I'm, I admire, I'm in ad, ad, admiration as to how they're going to do this. So um, I wish them all the luck and it's fantastic cause. So um, how, um, as a community, uh, can we help um, Phobe? Phobe has a giving page on Facebook okay. and they can always phone in to Tarek on the radio show okay. and Tarek will give them all the details that there are so that they can donate if they can. Mm -hmm. Please, if you can donate to us, this is a most worthy cause. Yes. These children and young people need our help very badly. Yes. We have a, a large community of disabled children mm. here Yes. In the within the Asian community on its own, yes. without other children in the town, and this centre would benefit all the children across the board. Doesn't matter where they're from, who their parents are, whatever. This mm. place will benefit the whole of Luton yes. and all of these children and young people, mm. and it is so badly needed. Yes, the guys that work for us and the girls. They're amazing, mm. they are. They're just amazing with the hours they put in to working for us, the mm. volunteering that goes on. Mm -hmm. it's, it's incredible, really.
And again, um, if anyone um, is interested in volunteering and supporting um, FOB, uh, is there is there a criteria that needs to be met, or um, how does one get involved with that? Well, you you, um, you have to have the usual checks and everything mm -hmm. to become a volunteer with us. Mm -hmm. But it's quite simple. You if you go onto our website, mm -hmm. FOBE. Mm -hmm. And you'll find all the details there and phone numbers, mm -hmm. and you can get in touch. You can register to come in for a meeting with us. Mm -hmm. You can come and visit any one of the the groups that we have mm -hmm. during the six days a week that we're there, and mm -hmm. see if this is what you would like mm -hmm. to do. Mm -hmm. And um, so just um, is FOB running um, through the summer holidays as well? So you, you run throughout holidays, or yes, we oh, we have okay. summer school okay. and outings, not just for the children but for parents as well. Oh, okay, okay. So, so we, you know, we involve the whole family. Yes. Yes, so it's fantastic. I mean, I really like the name, um, Friends of Bright Eyes. I, I really um, like the way um, that you chose that name. So, what was what? Who came up with that name? Well, um, my niece was when we first started. It was mostly my family yeah. that came to help me yes. to start it up. And my niece was a nurse. Well, she still is a nurse at the L and D. Yes, and it was her idea. She heard a song called Bright Eyes. Yes, and she. She said, "Let's call, let's call this place Bright Eyes." Yeah. So then we had so many friends that were coming in and out trying to help us out that we added the friends, friends to it as well. So lovely, yes. Well, that's lovely, and um, you know, may Allah bless uh, you all for uh, such a wonderful cause. I think it's fantastic, um, and I can see how just just by listening to you in the last 10 minutes I can hear how passionate you are about what you do and I know you just want the best for these children and I think it's amazing may you be rewarded I, for all your efforts that you're doing thank on this you. I I was um, everyone that is associated with Bright Eyes knows yeah. I had a daughter Samina okay. she passed away 11 years ago she had muscular dystrophy and that's how I started the centre was when Samina came to me Wow. at the age of 11 and I didn't see any other children so we thought that we would set up the centre to bring out the children and give them something to do yeah. so that's how I started it but everyone that's associated with the centre knows my daughter Pamela and mm -hmm. um, Pamela unfortunately is now severely brain damaged from meningitis which means I've gone back to being a carer again and joining all the all of our families out there that have got someone who is disabled in their family mm -hmm. and I'm now left caring for Pamela. Pamela was our van driver and picked mm -hmm. up all the children in the mornings to come to the centre and worked with us tirelessly for about 15 years. Wow. And now, unfortunately, my daughter's disabled too. So my heart and my prayers and my thoughts are with all the other families out there that have someone who's disabled. I've now joined you again. Oh, subhanallah. May Allah uh, grant her um, ease through this difficult time. Um, Thank and, you. And it, and it just goes to show that, um, you know, a lot of the time people um, associate dis disabilities such as like that um, from, you know, young age when they're born from birth. Their birth, you know, but it can happen at any time. So, you know... Um, 
we we are all um i'm trying to hold back tears here now liz i just oh, no, think you're amazing so um uh, i wish you all the best and i hope um we as a community can really uh support this and can really get this um I can't believe how emotional I've got here. Oh. But um, uh, I do hope that we as a community can support and help you um, achieve this because I think it's fantastic. And, and it's, all, it's very nice to know that you had a personal journey, you had a personal experience, and after going through that, you decided that actually I'm going to reach out to all the parents in Luton that are going through a similar stage so uh, you can really talk to them through your heart because you have personally gone through um, such um, difficult journeys with, with your children. So um, everyone can relate to you uh, when they come to you because you've actually personally experienced this. So um, I pray that we are able to um, uh, support uh, this cause and that we are able to reach that target. And um, um, I'm hoping all the listeners that are listening in today can also um, uh, support this cause. And as you said, um, the the connection ways of making any payments is through either the Inspire FM studio or did you say that we could come to the website or the website? There's yep. a website there okay. um, for okay. Friends of Bright Eyes, and um, no doubt Tarek's been um, telling everyone mm, all yeah. this week about it. Yeah. But please donate whatever you can yeah, yes. if it's only 20p 5p mm. it all adds up yes yes and it helps the children and the community yes. it's not just the children this will help and benefit the parents yes. of these children yes no um and any final words that you'd like to say to our listeners just just before we um um get disconnected um liz there's no such thing as disability in my eyes. Every child has something to give. And our disabled children have more than enough to give you. So your donations today, and bless our guys that are climbing mm. today, mm. because they need all your prayers and thoughts today to get through this. Because 24 hours is not a long time to do these three climbs because they're very difficult yes. so please if you can donate and or even give your prayers to the guys today we know we'll appreciate it very much yeah. thank you very much liz for joining me today on the studio and i, I pray that um uh, we've reached out to some listeners and um that um, people are able to um, make some donations on the just giving page or through the studio and i wish you all the best Thank you. Thank you. It was lovely to talk to you and, and you. to the listeners. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Salam alaikum. Thank you. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Uh, well, that was Liz there from uh, Phobe, um, and um, very heart-touching stories there. She she's um, uh, actually really caught my heart there with um, a lot of the experiences that she's gone. So, listeners, I urge you to please make a donation of any form um, to or amount to to the studio or the Just Giving page. Um, and um, I wish the the volunteers that have gone out to do the Three Peaks Challenge all the best. May they uh, succeed in doing so um so um 
Before the break, I did mention um, lunchtime ideas, uh, something that we all struggle with when it comes to um, making lunch boxes for our children. So I've got a few here um, that I just wanted to share. Now, the key to lunch is to always be um, organised and prepared. So my advice is to um, prepare and cook things in advance as much as you can. So um, I, I always like to cook my rice or curries the night before and make a bit more so that whatever's left I can share with the children for their lunch um, stock up on colorful vegetables so um, in the summer it's quite nice to cut up the vegetables into sticks and um, using some hummus and letting them have that it's quite nice so make sure you have got uh, a big supply of uh, vegetables um, storage boxes of varied sizes so these can hold dips and they can hold your vegetables so you know go out there and purchase different clip-on um, storage boxes that you can rinse out in the dishwasher or uh, via the tap um, also buy in bulk where you can and freeze so things like wraps and burgers you can buy in bulk and uh, they can be frozen for up to two two to three months I think before you know you need to use them but you know if you have hungry children you'll be getting through them so it's quite good to bulk up where you can and freeze um, I'm a big um, advocator of freezing vegetables and uh, anything that can be frozen um, and also always keep a good supply of eggs in the house because eggs are so versatile high in protein and there's just so many benefits of eggs and so much that you can do with them so um, keep eggs in the house or buy a chicken uh, okay so lunchbox I've got a few lunchbox um, ideas here um, we've got lunchbox pasta salad so this can be just a bit of pasta um, and it could be cold pasta so you're mixing it with mayonnaise or salad cream and uh, you can uh, change it with any types of toppings that you like so you could put um, chopped up boiled eggs you could add chicken you could add tuna um, and brightly colored uh, grated vegetables um, so um, I think the key uh, with getting vegetables and salad um, in into our children is grating if you can grate vegetables and um, put them into your child's food it makes it just look so much more edible so um, yeah grate your salad um, we've also got um, omelette in a bun um, which is bread rolls um, Whisk up omelettes in, in any way that you like, how you make it. Add your favourite vegetables or, um, you know, things like uh, mushrooms and peppers. You can even add uh, chunks of cooked chicken or tuna or salmon into that as well. Uh, we've got lentil curry with rice. Um, so when making uh, warm food for your children, I do also advise that we buy um, thermal flasks. So you can heat the food up in the morning and pop it into the thermal flasks. And I guarantee at lunchtime they'll still have nice warm food. Food. We've got tortilla egg wraps. Um, these can be made and stored in the fridge. So it's literally um, a tortilla wrap. Um, you make an omelette and you put a, a tortilla wrap on top of the omelette, which sticks, and then you just toss it onto the other side and then roll it into a wrap. And um, in the omelette, you can add your uh, favourite vegetables, uh, your favourite meat or things that your child likes. And um, those can be kept in the fridge and eaten at lunchtime, hot or cold. Um, 
We've got egg muffins, which are one of my favourites. Um, these can be cracked into a muffin case uh, directly or and garnished with meat or veg, or they can be whisked up and grated veg uh, and Greek yoghurt can be added to this. Um, you've got fruit sundae, which is chopped up fresh fruits like strawberries or brew, uh, blueberries. Um, add a bit of honey to uh, Greek yoghurt to sweeten it up a little bit and um, sprinkle the f- fruit on top and you've got your fruit sundae. Um, Uh, To make it a bit more um, interesting, or uh, you can uh, tweak this into a cheesecake using rolled oats as um, uh, roasted oats as the base, adding the yogurt and then adding the fruit. So that's quite a nice little cheesecake, but it's healthy. And uh, we've got wraps. You've got wraps that you can just fill with um, a variety of fillings, chicken, hummus, falafel, and it's always nice to bump up these wraps using rich salads like red cabbage and uh, lettuce so we can uh, make sure our children are getting their vegetables in. Um, and red cabbage is actually quite nice in a wrap. So um, I know when uh, you make get like chicken shawarmas or make a chicken shawarma for your child, um, the red cabbage amazingly gets eaten. So uh, yeah, it's not something that we should shy away from in putting in our children's food. Um, as my son mentioned earlier, we do have bulgur. Um, and um, a while back ago I did share the recipe as to make how to make bulgur so um, for those that haven't had the chance to look at that recipe I will try um, on the previous next show um, try and get that out to you listeners Um, so you have bulgur you have quinoa salad and um, the quinoa salad is really high in protein and it's really good when it's boosted with avocados and tomatoes for a colorful uh, texture now listeners we have uh, actually reached the end of the show and I'd like to thank all my guests for their time that they have given into the show I hope we can all get involved um, in supporting the appeal for the phobe dedicated center for families it will it will make a great center it sounds um, fantastic so please do donate generous generously um may allah reward all um the people that are involved um in trying to get this um going um as a tradition of the show i'd like to share an inspirational quote for my listeners uh, the most precious jewels you'll have around your neck are the arms of your child assalamu alaikum and Juma mubarak thank you for listening to our podcast We stream our daily broadcast on inspirefm.org. You'll find all our daily updates on our social media at InspireFM Luton.